everybody. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> really? What? Why did you stop? Because you like started to choke. No, I didn't. I was oh. <laughs> Okay, just start again. Just start again. Oh. My name is Greg Bach. I am the visitor. And I'm Tyler Menz. I'm the guide. And today, we have... A guest, 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 guest. Shut up! We don't. You don't talk until we introduce you. I'm sorry. So our guest is. He is a local uh, Milwaukee comedy dude. He is. Uh, he like he does everything. If we sat here and talked about all of his projects. Writer. Boom. Performer. Boom. Producer. Boom. boom. Musician. Boom. boom. All around good guy. Boom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nick Fearer. Hello. Oh, that was that was way too nice. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, Nick, hi, welcome to the hi, show. Hi. 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 All right. So great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you here. Thank We're you. excited because we watched an episode with you. We watched a very fun episode. We watched a great episode. Yeah, one of my favorites. So happy yeah. you picked this one. Yeah. yeah. So uh we're just gonna jump right into it. We watched Dancing Homer, which came out on the eighth of November, nineteen ninety. A date which has some significance, Tyler? You're raising yeah, your finger with yeah, some big yeah. eyes. A day before my birthday. Oh, so it's a day we don't have to care no. about that much. So oh what were you, you talking Actually, like for that 1990, day? this was the day before the Berlin Wall fell. Oh, wow. It is. Wow. True there you go. stories. I was in seventh grade. How old were you? I was four. There it is. I was eight, maybe. Oh, so I, nine. Oh, nine. Uh, so I was. I was about a, like twelve. So it was eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Is it ninety or ninety? You just said ninety. I thought it was eighty nine. You just said ninety. Well, you know that's fine. Okay. Uh, I'm assume it's. 90. So yeah, it is season two, episode five, Dancing Homer. This is a. This is a packed episode. Jokes, mm-hmm. gags, mm-hmm. everything. So we're gonna just let's just go right into it, <laughs> Tyler. Yeah, so um, starts off. Yep. Opening scene, and that's how most things start with an opening scene. Unless oh you're Tarantino. Oh, no, this is gonna be an eight-hour uh, <coughs> okay. episode. So it starts at <laughs> it starts at the Isotopes uh, Stadium. It is uh, Homer's or the nuclear power plant's family fun night. Well, it actually starts at, well, the, it starts bar. at the bar. It yeah. starts at yeah. the bar. It sets up this great. I'm thinking. Homer tell us story. the story, Homer. And he does what? What happened in Capital City? Exactly. Oh, exactly. And then uh, they go to the cut to. So really, stadium. they did Tarantino it. They, they did because uh, because uh, the whole episode is in flashback with a narrator, which is actually a departure from the standard Simpsons. Um, yeah. uh, what they do, you Mil- know, you? Uh, formula. Did I use milieu? Did you say milieu? I, I used that word. Mil- Milieu, Greg. Mil- uh, <laughs> no, Milwaukee, everybody. Yeah. Me. Which, is, which is great because even though they were still fighting themselves, this is one episode that is a kind of a departure because it, it is a three-act structure as opposed to the weird way that they do things. Yeah. Uh, where it's the first act has very little to do with the, the second and third often. Yeah. Um, they were there for nuclear uh, nuclear plant employee and spouse and no more than three children night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great night to be yeah. there yeah. at the ballpark. Yeah. Um, I like. I really loved how they get to the ballpark because right. Otto pulls up and says, uh, "Otto pulls up and says, ooh, I think we lost him.' Yeah, because uh, there's sirens in the background. He goes, oh, oh, hey, we're at the ballpark too.' Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they go there and they uh, everyone's shuffling in. And Mr. Burns is greeting them all. The gamels show up and the gamels look like they've been <laughs> swimming in the nuclear power plant. Yeah. They look so weird. They look like a 1950s cartoon. Yeah, they look like they look like, they look a, like a first draft from the '88 Tracy Ullman. Yeah, show. or like Boris and Natasha. Yeah, kind it was of. really weird. Uh, yeah, with with like the sloping overbites yeah. that they have, like extra overbiting, yeah. and then they're actually not yellow. They're, they're actually colored. skin tone yeah. color. Yeah. They remind. Like, for some reason, I remember like whatever reminding me of. Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice when he puts his hand in oh. the back of his head. It's just, it's a, it, their, their heads are a series of points. That's all it is. Uh, and uh, what was I, I put here? Oh, yeah, they go, the, they go in there and they're, you know, Bart wants a baseball sign. Flash is a jerk. I, well, hate, I hate that one. Before that, they're greeted by Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns and oh. Mr. Burns is clueless to who they are. Yeah. And, right. 
uh, and just just happy oh. to be getting through the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you must be. This must be uh, Bart. This must be Lisa. This must be expecting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. these cards have to be updated. Right. A, a lot of fantastic um, Mr. Burns in the first act of this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Mr. Burns and Smithers. Uh, just a lot of really classic. Um, the, my favorite thing through the whole game was him constantly making old-timey references that we all know don't exist, mm-hmm. but they're delightfully old-timey sounding. Yeah. Like every ball player that he was talking about, like Connie Mack and Pie Trainer. Connie Mack was a was a real Was player. it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Con- I know nothing about Connie Mack was, I believe he was, I, I don't know that he played. I know that he was a coach. And he was one, this is a real inside Milwaukee thing, he was one of the managers uh, that helped form the American League, which was founded here in Milwaukee. Cornelius McGillicuddy. Yeah, kind of. That's guy. not a real person. That is who I don't know, and he looks like a Cornelius McGillicuddy. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Look at, picture of him. Look at, look at those eyebrows. <laughs> that. His, his eyebrows match his hat. Uh, what, was, what was the... Oh God! What was the guy's name when he was was the pitcher when Burns was pitching opening pitch, um, and he compares his pitch to a, the trouble ball. Oh, the, oh, the trouble ball, ball. Satchel, yeah. Page. Satchel Page. Satchel Page, yeah, the late great Satchel Page. Uh, Had nothing on my trouble ball. Yeah, and, and one of the things I think is funny is when they try to do the baseball thing, which I get the sign baseball march takes over, and the way they, they like they, the way they uh, cat call her. Ooh, who's the who's, who's this mature quail? I don't know if a woman would be insulted or he's just have this response of oh, what did that mean? Yeah, <laughs> mature. Well, first of all, you call her old. That's not very cool. But you know, it's way before the Cougars Revolution, yeah. so maybe that was a thing back. Was was that really a revolution? I have no idea. (laughs) I was I was eleven or twelve when this so. Uh, now, I have it written down. You so, autographed baseball story. Yeah, so yeah. there's a, I believe it was Mickey Mantle. There's a story about Mickey Mantle. A young woman came up and asked him for an autograph. And in this episode, the the autograph says, so-and-so motel yeah. mm-hmm. room. You wanna? Yeah, X, you wanna? <laughs> how about it? Oh, yeah, how about uh, it? The, I believe it's Mickey Mantle. There's a famous story about him. Uh, signing this autograph for a young woman and just signing it. Uh, thanks for the BJ behind the scoreboard in the tenth inning, <laughs> <laughs> and then getting that. <laughs> Your oh God. Yes. Wow. So that joke is based in reality. <laughs> Holy cow! That's awkward. That's. But, hey, hey, there yeah. you go. Uh, I do like when he throws the pitch and Bart says, you throw like my sister. And Lisa goes, you throw like yeah. me. And I also found it interesting that Lisa loves baseball. Like, her character, yeah. to me, is so well-rounded. She loves poetry and jazz, and she loves itchy and scratchy. She loves baseball. She's she's a vegetarian, but she also has, like, a really twisted sense of humor. She's, like, one of the most well-rounded characters on this show, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, And I think that's the benefit of uh, The Simpsons in general, of their longevity, is that you end up finding out that almost every character over the span of 10, 12, 20 years becomes a three-dimensional human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they really... And Lisa started out really quickly as becoming... The, one of the first three-dimensional characters, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in the beginning, because I, I like how she started off also being definitely most all forward a Simpson. Yeah, like yeah. like the Simpsons had like this thing about them where they were all Simpsons, and then later in the episodes, uh-huh. later in the seasons, we see her wanting to break free of her Simpsonness, but like her Simpsonicity, her Simpsonicity. Um, but like in the early episodes, Trademark 2016. <laughs> she was she was always right in there, ready to yeah. to to uh, mix it up with Bart and Homer every time they were doing something silly or crass or fun. Yeah. I also think it makes sense that she would like baseball, though, because baseball is very much a thinking man's game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And cool. like, that's And that's yeah. who Lisa kind of is. is Lisa's like a total intellectual. Yeah. Intellectual, yeah. Now, after we do that, we come on to a part that I swear Nick and Tyler were going to urinate in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> which was Bleeding Gums Murphy singing <laughs> yeah. the National Anthem. Yeah, what a good gag. 
a great gag. What a great gag. <laughs> For 22 minutes? It was 24. <laughs> From 722 <laughs> to 753. No, so 34 <laughs> minutes. It took Bleeding Gums Murphy 34 minutes to sing the national and anthem. Lisa looked perky through the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> and they did the perfect, they did the perfect like cuts, and everyone's getting sadder and tired and worse and worse. And then when he finally gets done, they all collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these two yahoos next to me were laughing the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic joke. This is a great bit because it never gets it never gets old because everybody always tries to do something stupid to the yeah. national anthem every time yeah. they sing it. Yeah. Every time you get a big celebrity singing the national anthem, they try to make it like their own. It's like, no, guys, it's a drinking song, and we really don't want to bother with it. Yeah. So can you just power through it so we can yeah. watch the game? Yeah. But they're always trying to make it. it's something flashy and yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you really not. Gonna ever beat Whitney Houston's Bull. Right. She's like the best one. She's the one you show for every highlight. It's her rendition of, of uh, the national anthem was so good. I was I'm, I watched the uh, the documentary on CNN in the '60s and they show Aretha Franklin singing the national anthem at the '68 Democratic National Convention in Chicago and she screws the lines up. Oh, really? Oh, she screws it up pretty good. She's yeah. Aretha Franklin. She doesn't need to know the words. Oh. There, there, <laughs> there's at least one rendition of Ray Charles singing it. Just oh, yeah. very simply. Yeah. Uh-huh. And on played piano to it, and it is fantastic. That's you, my favorite. I like go, when people don't classy. go. You go classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we, uh, we're coming to... Uh, Mr. Burns sitting with the employees and he says with Homer they have they have two giant like popcorn <laughs> sizing 72 <laughs> ounce beers yeah. for 250 250 <laughs> it'll be 250 250 I've been dead I've been dead <laughs> you can't get a small beer at a ballpark for 250 you can barely get a small beer for I think it's like 4 dollars or 5 bucks no here. way it's 750 yeah. nowadays there's no yeah, there's no small it's, they're either yeah. they're either gl- cups or bottles cups or bottles yeah, yeah. uh I think the bottles now are like twelve dollars, but uh, actually, Jeez. funny funny story about that. My friend I was getting married, and we went to a bachelor party, and we had it in the four three hundred club mm-hmm. at uh, Miller Park. <clears throat> and the best man, we walk into the room, and they were setting up for the NSYNC concert when they played Miller Park. So that tells you when this happened. So late nineties, mm-hmm. uh, like during the game. So like you know, while they were trying was, to play the game, yeah, they were like, like they were like building a stage out in right field because they knew no one was going to hit out there. Or you're looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so what was happening? So they're they're building the stage and we're in there and the best man walks in and he says four pitchers of beer. And they bring us four pitchers of beer, and that's basically all we have, or they have some snacks. But then they bring the bill, and the bill is $150. Because the 300 Club has a deal with Miller, they cannot undersell, so they have to charge exactly how much a beer would cost to put it into a pitcher. It takes four beers. At the time, that was $7, so it was $28 a pitcher. So they charged us. A little less like than Miller 120 Light. Yeah, Miller Lite. $120, a little less, like $116 for four pitchers of beer and then whatever was left over for the snacks. I mean, that was, I was shocked. Because me, I just imagine them then just opening bottles of beer, pouring them into a pitcher then because that's mm-hmm. how they have to gauge what they sell. It was oofta. And we didn't even get to see NSYNC sound check, which was depressing. I really brought the mood down. Yeah, we yeah. bring it down. So uh, Burns is sitting next to Homer, and yeah. they start to heckle, which is funny because it's also funny to hear Burns's insults, like that he's shouting, he calls him a bunch of banjos. Yeah, these banjos. I wrote it down. I said, I said, what did Burns say about banjos? Yeah, he, like, called them, he called them banjos. These banjos couldn't <laughs> scoot a rubber duck or yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. Uh, 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 also, uh, um, the other thing is one of my favorite uh, quotes um, is uh, uh, Homer's in that he he talks about before he even gets in there because Marge is reticent about him drinking too much mm-hmm. and he says this ticket gives me the right no the duty hey, the duty <laughs> to make an ass of myself yeah. and I always love that because that always goes through my brain every time I'm out in public doing anything yeah. um, you feel that like I your paid for it is my response 
responsibility to make an ass of myself, especially when there's alcohol involved. <laughs> because why would you serve me unless you want yeah. <laughs> Tyler to Hold on, there. everybody. Listen to this. This is, <laughs> this is me. That's me writing it down. That's me writing that information down so I know for next time. Uh, so there, I guess one of the things you need to say is that the Springfield Isotopes have like a, a record holding losing streak. Yes, and they're at like a point where they they could possibly win with a Grand Slam, and then Homer decides he's going to dance on the dugout. Right, and he dances on the dugout and he encourages the, his audience, oh. and they they win. Yeah, which what, what mediocre? What was what they called a mediocre slammer? The the last the uh, mediocre oh, slugger. Yeah. Mediocre slugger, <laughs> which is the best name, like. Because <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal with baseball too. You don't have to be the best baseball player to play professional baseball. You just don't. You're just. You just have to be not the worst. And so to be called a mediocre slugger, that is such like an underhanded like compliment. <laughs> yeah, he's not the worst. You're certainly status quo. You can play. Uh, so they win, and I like what the 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 the, the color guy says. The isotopes win a game. The isotopes <laughs> win a game. And he's shocked. Yeah. He's almost like shocked and defeated. Um, Cut to the parking lot. Well, actually, he says something. This is always a stick the bat where the sun don't shine. That's what I'll do. I'll stick the bat where the sun don't shine. I always thought that was a funny line because, like, that just seems like uh, they want to say a very explicit thing back in the 20s, but they said, how do we rewrite that? Yeah. To make it sound acceptable, yet totally get its point across yeah. that I want to put it up your butt. Yeah. I think we need to bring that back. Yeah. Man, you can take that. <laughs> where the you, sun can, don't shine. you can take that and stick it where the until, sun don't shine. Until the cows come home. Yeah. Uh, I also. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they. they uh, so essentially, Homer becomes mascot. Yeah, they show. do a montage of all this stuff. Like, he's getting more and more popular. He's bringing more and more people there. I do like that they have Rastas played by white guys who sound Scottish. Uh, that was really funny. <laughs> that was hey, some of the. Play Baby Elephant, this time with a real Caribbean theme. <laughs> I'm feeling. Also, one of the other psychics that I really love is because they have this old. Old lady playing organ because yeah. that's the only person that knows how to play organ. We all know this are just old ladies, and she's playing organ in her little organ booth. But up on the wall, you have these beefcake posters, which <laughs> 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 is really like just like a little throwaway in the background joke that Simpsons are so good at <laughs> that you don't notice the first time, but like every time you watch it, yeah. that's, that's so a great. <laughs> So Homer gets called into the owner's office, and he thinks he's being fired, but he's actually being called up to Capital City to be there to be like a stand-in masker to help out. Right? Yeah, because and the isotopes finally lost. Yes, exactly. So he thought he was being fired, but he's being called up to the to the majors, and uh, they then have to they they going over with nothing. Like the best part best part of that whole thing is Milhouse and, and Bart. Becoming spit brothers, <laughs> which is like there's a tinge of eroticism in there. They're like getting really close. You're like, are you guys gonna kiss? Are you guys gonna kiss? And then they spit in their hands and put it, and then like this dribble of spit yeah, comes out. Yeah. It's just gross. I also, I'm gonna miss you, spit brother. I'm gonna miss you too, spit brother. I also really enjoyed Homer asking for his leave of absence and his supervisor going, Yeah, how much you want? Four years? Five years? <laughs> uh, also, they go to Capital City, which proves this is not in Illinois. Right. right. This is yeah. not in Illinois. Well, how could it be in Illinois? It's it's they they have a coastline right there, like an actual coastline where the sun sets on the coastline. So yeah. they have to be in the west, but then they're within driving distance. It's a made up place. Yeah. Springfield is a made up place, yeah. and this is I like this episode again because it's one of the ones that kind of hammers home the fact that it's made up. They could have mm-hmm. named they could have named the city. They made the explicit decision to call it Capital City. And yeah. that, <laughs> that was for a while. I remember uh, back when. The the show was kind of starting up. That was like everyone wanted to know mm. where Springfield was because I believe every state every has state a, has one has a Springfield. Yeah, so and most states have a yeah. Shelbyville. That's another. Oh, thing. really? Yes, most that. states have a Shelbyville. Oh, so like people were for the longest time like where where what state is this happening in? They wanted to know. But it, it, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter because <laughs> it doesn't matter. it's everywhere. It's every town in the USA. Springfield is in Dane County, so it's right by Madison. Oh, mm-hmm. there you the go. population at 2762. Thank you, Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, so he goes to, they all go, and he gets himself ready. To, he gets himself all ready, and uh, doesn't go well. No, yeah, gets to the uh, game and meets the 
the uh, uh, capital city goofball. Colin Goof. Colin Goof, for short. Uh, Couldn't be the ni- a nicer guy. Yes, exactly. They could have <laughs> they could have wrote him bitter and like ah, but they didn't. I like that. But the probably the the funniest line of the entire episode for me was when he was walking out to to take his place and he's like, "What's going on, boy?" And he's like, "He's confused by a, he's confused by a feeling of respect for Homer." <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. um, I also really enjoyed the hecklers while Homer was together. <laughs> yes, they were it was so, so uptight. <laughs> it was so quiet you could hear each individual insult. Well, well, this doesn't want make me want to cheer. <laughs> he's just down there making a fool out of himself. <laughs> This might work in the sticks, but not up here in Capital City. <laughs> that was the best one. So and so he fails, and he's then called to the owner's office, and you see the conversation, but you also, it's like a beveled glass door, right. but you can see that Homer's wearing a jockstrap. <laughs> Nothing but a jockstrap. <laughs> that's how I know, because I go, I just go, is he wearing a jockstrap? And both Tyler and Nick at the same time go, yep. <laughs> And then they return to they return to Springfield, and that's where we meet up telling the story. Yeah, and Homer becomes the center of attention, and that's what he wanted once more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, really a great episode. Yeah, yeah it's packed full, full of jokes, full of gags. It's got a, it's got some heart to it. Feel good at the end. One yeah. storyline, which is always nice. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the one storyline. Yeah. I will say that until people tell me to stop saying that, and when they tell me to stop saying that, I won't care. It's my show. I'll say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's you don't like show. it? You don't like it? WTF podcast at podcast.com. It's our show. And settle down. We'll discuss this in the car. <laughs> no, we're recording at my home. You can talk to yourself about it in the car. Wow, we're getting a little snippy here over mm. it. So someone's had half a beer mm. and some bread. Mm. I had beer. I had a sandwich. <laughs> you had a panini. So, all right, uh, we're going dreadfully off a of t- uh, topic. Let's here. So talk let's, about Nick let's, and talk Nick's about, experience yeah. with the show. So, Nick, first question: we, yeah. we we like to ask questions of the audience. Oh, cool! But first of all, like you like the episode, you really yeah. enjoyed it. Okay. So, the first thing we like to do is ask you this: When did you become aware of the Simpsons? I became aware of the Simpsons uh, in around 1990 in Germany because uh, wow. I am an army brat and I was uh, my family was stationed in Germany uh, from 1989. Do you say in Germany? And sometimes when I want to be sexy. <laughs> um, yeah, we were stationed in Germany. Uh, we were in Germany <laughs> from uh, 89 to uh, 91. And uh, we had one channel uh, of TV, which was the Armed Forces Network uh, television. Oh God! And AFN. so that's all AFN, good old AFN, and that's all we could. That's all we could watch. Um, that's like North Korea. Wholesome <laughs> Christian, right? Not even, well, it wasn't even Christian yeah, because, yeah. but it was. It was definitely, definitely Army good. Everything else not good. Yeah. <laughs> Armed Forces Network, one station under right. God. I like, but the cool thing was there weren't commercials with AFN, but they were army-sponsored public service announcements about how to live in country, like a lot, and they were hilarious and stupid. Crabs and you, <laughs> not like that because it was family programming, yeah. but very much like that. It's like turn your truck off, stuff like that. <laughs> oh, there was a thirty-second spot about like, hey, I pulled up my my two-ton truck and the quartermaster to pick up some stuff. It's like I'll be with you in a minute. Hold on, a minute or a moment. More like a moment. Turn your truck off. Save gasoline. That was the whole spot. There's another spot about the dangers of writing checks instead of using cash because enlisted men had a problem with that where they would just write a check and think it was free money yeah. and then they would they would overdraft their accounts all the time. Oh. And so it was like a hip-hop song about how like this guy oh, needs God. to... <laughs> oh, gosh. So wait. But anyway, I'm diverging. Yeah. We didn't have The Simpsons. So um, my... Mother's mother, my grandmother, they had HBO down stateside. So what they would do, because they knew that we only had the one channel on TV, they would record uh, movies off of HBO cool. and send us these boxes of VHS t- tapes nice. like every two months or so. Uh, that had a bunch of stuff taped off of uh, HBO, and they started asking, well, what do you want? And my brother was hip 
to the fact that there was this new show called The Simpsons. And so they started recording The Simpsons off of Fox on VHS wow. uh, season two. And so, like, the biggest treat, even though we saw, like, rad movies like Terminator 2 and Navy SEALs and stuff like that. It's a rad movie. But the, or Willow. But the biggest treat was when we had 20 minutes left on the back of that VHS tape. Yeah. And then that 20 minutes was a Simpsons episode. That's and cool. That's this cool. one was one of those Simpsons episodes that I would just watch over and over yeah. again. It was like this one uh, wore the Simpsons. Simpsons, um, the mini golf one. Yeah, and we just, we just <laughs> right, and so like, and this so this is one of the ones that this this was one of the first so this, episodes of Simpsons I've so ever. This saw. has like a really deep memory for you. Yes, that's really cool. yeah. That's See, season, all of season two. Yeah, this is your connection back home. Right, yeah. exactly. That's very cool. I mean, that's I probably think that's maybe going to be the best story we're ever going to get on how you discover the Simpsons. <laughs> I, I think mean, so. Unless someone says, you know, I was stuck in a bunker for years, <laughs> and Kimmy Schmidt did it. And and Kimmy, Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt did that. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. What the fudge? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very cool story. So, all right, so you discover The Simpsons, you start watching. When did you come back to the States? I came back to the States in 1991. Okay, so you were in Germany long after that. Like right. you've got you no. you got right. all the Simpsons. We had it for like we were getting them for about a year and a half, and then okay. when we came in, it was about like season four or five or something like that because okay. we were getting uh, kind of. And while we were in Germany, they started they finally AFN finally picked up the Simpsons and they started playing yeah. them. Cool. I think on Wednesdays at seven thirty, and all of season one. And so watching season two and then going back to season one and like getting really excited, it's like oh we get to watch Simpsons finally. Yeah. And then we're watching season two which is just better writing, better animation, and then going back to season one, we're like, what? Homer's like, <laughs> what is this? Well, here's a question I have for oh, you. Oh, boy. Here's a, yeah, that was very good. <laughs> here's a question I have for you. Did you ever find yourself telling your parents, I'm going to watch Frasier, and instead you watch The Simpsons? No, because my parents were okay with The Simpsons. Oh, because that's what Tyler had. That's to do. what I did. Oh wow, my good parents for you. Were not okay with this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna and, watch Frasier. <laughs> and the audience is probably sitting there going, "We know," dad, <laughs> but I still find the story very funny. My dad was like, "This kid is a little off. <laughs> this boy's a little off." Oh. Uh, so yeah, so you're back in the states and. Now, as we mentioned before, you are a performer, you mm-hmm. are a singer, you're a writer, producer, director, you're all those things. You're yeah. a jack-of-all-trade when it comes to performing. How old were you when you started performing comedy on the regular? Comedy on the regular? Yeah. I was 22. 22. Because okay. I was going to be an actor So you from age 15, and then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, I'm goofy looking, <laughs> and I have a little bit too much energy. Um, so. Hey, man, every mayonnaise, car- every mayonnaise commercial needs a guy like you. <laughs> Uh, a dry sandwich? What? <laughs> Man, this is not right! And then I throw a sandwich at, like, a clown or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, but it would say that when you started doing comedy, that's when you became more productive because you started pre- you started creating more content. Yeah, yeah. So, as far as The Simpsons go, how did that... Uh, influence you as a writer, performer, all of those things. How did how did the Simpsons come into play for you? I mean, was it a was it an overt influence, or did it sort of seep into you where the things just kind of? I, I would think a, I would definitely say it's an overt influence because um, I, I when I we do uh, sketch comedy. And musical comedy oh, is What's your sketch comedy group? Um, a sketch comedy group is Variety Hour Happy Hour. Oh. Yes, we are the Variety Hour Happy Hour, and our next show is July, June 11th. Okay, June, June 11th where? June 11th at Comedy Sports at 8 p.m. All Tickets right. are $10. Well, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, feel free to plug. I yeah. just did. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just take that portion out. <laughs> thank you. Please do. Um, but when it comes to writing sketch comedy, uh, the thing that that kind of is ingrained in me from watching so much of Simpsons all the time, especially mm-hmm. when it became in syndication when I came back, mm-hmm. is um, that it's okay to reference uh, not only pop culture, but culture in general and comedy and make deep cut references. Just like, you know, I didn't realize that Connie Mack was a real person. Mm-hmm. That just it was a funny name. Yeah. To realize that they went through that extra level. Yeah. Um, to to cite the name of a real person that was a major person that had a funny sounding name that only one or two people actually would understand yeah. is tied to baseball and is going to laugh just as ho- or laugh a little bit harder because of their knowledge, but everybody can laugh just because of the funny lo- name level. And there's just these levels of intelligence that you can just 
go through so many Simpsons episodes that just dive so deep. It's like on the surface it's funny, and then if you know a little bit more, it gets funnier, and if you know even more, it gets even funnier. And so it taught me that that was okay. Like the smartest, geekiest stuff that I know and that I think is funny only to me because it's super geeky, I can still write that into a script and Mm -hmm. and trust that there's that one guy in the audience that's going to laugh his ass off, excuse me, um, because he gets the joke like I get the joke. And, yeah, that's something we've talked about before is that they write to the height of the intelligence while also can be very Mm lowbrow. But the... They they straddle that world very well. That's the beauty of the show. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean we've watched episodes where they reference paintings and classical music and things like that. They make they make f- jokes out of it, and they show that they are learned individuals. Right. And that's something I remember watching a documentary about Mel Brooks. They said that when they came on, when Sid Caesar came on the scene with the first year of of the of the our show of shows our show of mm-hmm. show. Thank you. I almost said Texaco, and I was Milton Berle. I wanted to turn in my comedy card. Uh, <laughs> is it, that the the writing on that show was so much smarter because these were educated individuals who went through the war and were writing, as Mel Brooks said, stuff that was Ocaron of New York and Ocaron of everywhere. Right. And that's what I like about that's what I like about uh, The Simpsons so far is that they're writing they're writing material that everyone can get. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what happens is when people want to write smart material, they're going to write off the flyover states because they're going to say, well, the coast will get it and, you know, what, but the Midwest won't get it because they're not smart enough, which is absolute BS. Right. So. Uh, as, mi- as Midwesterners, we have to say that's BS. Yeah. I think it's BS. I think it is too. I find it very insulting that people will, will with such uh, disregard, say, oh, the flyover states, it's just, it's, you know, they, they don't get it. Well, you know what? We do get it. We do get maybe, it. Maybe you should write a funnier joke, New York. Exactly. Thank you. Mm. Hey, California, why don't you have another, like, kombucha? Yeah. And stick it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Until the cows come home. And that's something I did know. I do. I noticed with Variety Hour, Happy Hour. Variety, Thank you. Yeah, Variety Hour, Happy Hour. God, it's hard to say. Uh-huh. Uh, I always want to say half hour. Is that you guys write silly but intelligent. You straddle that line of silly and intelligent, which I, I appreciate. Uh, and, and yeah. So Thank you. What about, I mean, I guess, I, what, what, we got questions? I mean. Yeah, I think it's really evident that you're, um, that you're writing in just humor in general is, is influenced by The Simpsons. Oh, very much so. Um, I, yeah. get, I guess the one question I have for you, do you have a favorite character? Oh, uh, The Simpsons? Yeah. Oh, man. Comic like if, <laughs> if you had to pick one, who would it be? Um, or, or, or this, or let's probably let's the one, this. the one character that makes me laugh out loud the most all the time, always, no matter what, no matter how many times I've seen him, is Gil the salesman. Gil the salesman. Yeah. <laughs> Gil the salesman. Gil. Like he's a later later season character, okay. um, but he's. Basically based off of the the pathetic salesman as seen in Death of a Salesman and Glengarry Glenn. Oh. He's Jack Lemmon's character. And he's Jack. And he is he is phenomenal. He is just so extraordinarily pathetic and mm-hmm. optimistic at the same time. Oh, God, my, heart, my heart is literally <laughs> he is breaking so funny. right that's now. A good, that's a good pick. And he's like I can't see him on the screen and not laugh out loud. Um, out of like everybody else that has been a standard from the beginning, mm-hmm. I kind of like Mo the most. Yeah, okay. again because he's you really so. <laughs> That's not a cut. Like I, yeah. like, I think most. Yeah, great. because he's so he's so much more relatable mm-hmm. because he is so human. And when uh, I think I think one of the fun things about uh, so many comedians is we straddle that line between being. Um, Introverted and extroverted. Yeah. And Moa's. How can you call yourself introverted when you stand on stage? I will literally punch the hair (laughs) off you. Exactly. And and you also straddle line between loving people and being a hideous misanthrope. Yeah. And and for me, Mo like encapsulates all of that. Do you feel like that's you? Do you feel like that like introverted versus extroverted, misanthrope versus embracing humans? Yeah, I love people so much, but I also love that people are terrible. That's one of my favorite things about people is 
how horrible they can be. Um, not not in like the you know mass murderer kind of horrible, but in in the ridiculous stupid pettiness that we can all like fall, reality television, horrible. right? That we can all fall into, and how how stupid and petty we can be. I find I find great delight. In what that. about you on that one? Mo, Mo is a, a, on that on that fact. I, introverted versus extroverted, misanthrope versus embracing. No, I tend to agree with Nick. I think okay. I think that's a really great point. Um, I, I think Mo is also a fantastic straight man for gags. Yes, like he is just—it's all like he's dry. He's just—he is so dry. It's all on yeah. the surface. Sometimes, right. oftentimes, with the jokes with Mo, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is what I enjoy about him because he's just so like, like honest. Yeah, he, exactly. He's so honest <laughs> and so straight. He always plays it straight because mm-hmm. he can because he's a, he's an ancillary character, mm-hmm. and so you can always use him for that purpose like his original purpose like right the off the calls. gate was the prank calls yeah. um yeah. and then that kind of grew into the one episode where Kearney was dating the girl that Bart liked I'm not sure if you were yeah. there and then yeah, Bart yeah. did the prank call and then Mo finally yeah. Bart gave him the address to go to yeah. and Mo chases him down with the come with, on with spoilers like, man sorry. come on okay um, Greg has not seen it oh no see, yeah because he's starting from the beginning and going through I am a guy who's watching the the show and, for the first time yeah uh, and I I exist That's in the, the nebulous world so the nebulous world of syndication where all episodes are accessible all the yeah. time and they all bleed together they all bleed together, yeah. and I don't know when when started and when when didn't. Yeah, start. Right. yeah. Interesting. So sorry. Interesting. Uh, no, um, so, so you think Gil? Uh, you you find no. Gil very funny, but you find uh, Mo really um, relatable almost. Uh, yeah, really, because he's also uh, he's also painfully lonely. Yeah, because he, and he and he does deep down really love people, mm-hmm. but he's still a misanthrope because he feels he feels uh, rejected. Yeah, so much, and that's got to him so so often that he now is you know and made the shell of being like a horrible ogre like yeah. one of my favorite quotes again spoiler is when he has to team up with Lisa and is like look I don't like you you don't like me and Lisa's like I like you <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great moment for the record I yeah. covered my ears so I didn't hear it okay I, I, I have a follow up question I was I was reciting Fraser lines in my mm. if, if you had to pick just a member of the Simpsons family member of the Simpsons family yeah Maggie Maggie, why? Oh, see, I'm such a Lisa. Maggie is MacGyver. Like, <laughs> you have up. no idea, folks, how intense Nick looks right now. <laughs> Get that on the board. Straight, Maggie is MacGyver. Straight up, like, like if you were to imagine The Simpsons as the family where somebody great came out of, mm-hmm. that great person would be Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's like the, the family is so dysfunctional. Yeah, and um, but Maggie is so insanely intelligent mm-hmm. throughout the whole show, emotionally yeah. and actually, you know, academically intelligent yeah. for just being a baby and for only ever communicating with you know visual and uh, in that way but like the things that she does yeah and the actions that she makes and and her devotions and who she cares for and how much she like every time they focus on Maggie how much she loves her family so mm-hmm. much but then you just see this amazing potential you see you see the audacity of Bart and the intelligence of Lisa yeah. all wrapped well, up in this that. little package yeah. and it's so exciting it's like oh what's what's gonna happen mm-hmm. like if you imagine 20 years from now what's what's Maggie gonna be yeah. and they play with that a lot, with that a lot. alert 20 years later she's still a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're wrong Nick she never grew up um, I also love Maggie's weird fascination with bears and that spurred from season one when she was temporarily adopted. Call the Simpsons. That's right. The bears. Yes. And since then, her like her ability to communicate kind of with nature is mm-hmm. has been really interesting, especially rewatching the series uh, for me. Nice. I wonder, you know, that when you bring up that point, it, it begs the question: if you want to put like the twenty or thirty year uh, speculation down the road. What does Lisa become? Does Lisa have a ton of potential and she doesn't? Like, does she, does she become Marge? And I don't mean to belittle the, the role of no, Marge a is fantastic. stay-at-home uh, mother yeah. or a stay-at-home father, but... Like it's it's like to me Lisa is the one who goes to school, becomes a writer, gets her PhD in English literature, becomes a like she becomes th- th- someone who works for the New Yorker, right? 
And but is she happy? I think she. I think. I think right now, from what I've gathered from, she's asking so many questions. Right. She's also what she's eight yeah. on this show, yeah. so she's asking all these questions. But she's. I mean, when you think about it, she's she as an eight year old, she is expressly animal rights. Mm-hmm. She is a jazz enthusiast. Mm-hmm. She. Defends the rights of women. Mm-hmm. She defends the rights of children. She defends her family. I mean, she's got for an eight-year-old. She's got a lot of conviction. So I would think that a character like that would like. She's going to work hard to get power and 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 notoriety. And Bart will fall into it. He'll either become like Homer, or he'll fall into a situation where his wit will serve him well. Because because right. Homer is dim-witted, mm-hmm. Bart is not. He's now no, Bart's very savvy. Yeah, yeah, he's savvy, and Bart will probably stumble into something. He'll go to a community college, meet a guy, and there'll be a startup that he'll just give like ten thousand dollars. The next thing you know, he's the silent partner from Apple. That you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So Bart grows up to be the guy that runs the uh, runs whatever the uh, the startup think tank in um, uh, what is it Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. About to go. Yeah, about to go. He grows up to be All that right. guy. <laughs> And maybe he'll probably end up being a Navy SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> or he hunts mopeds down by the beach. Oh. Is that, a, is that an adventure he starts with most taverns? Mopeds? Most mopeds? Most pets. Mm. Mo would be stupid not to. <laughs> I hate myself sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, we're going to go into the last little portion of this. And, and uh, keep in mind, we want you to... First, first, first question. Do you still watch The Simpsons? I have not watched a new episode of The Simpsons, and I can't remember how long. Yeah. Um, just, we find that with a lot of people. I've, it's just kind of fallen off. I mean, it's great that they keep going, but uh, it, it was great that it was such a farm, fantastic farm system for so many great comedy writers, mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien especially. And, but like, I think ever since Matt Groening was given Futurama, mm-hmm. All the all the soul, all the stuff that we talk about, what makes Great Simpsons great, and, and the depth of the intelligence of the jokes, kind of really left the Simpsons because a lot of that just seemed to get pumped into Futurama so yeah. much, and um, and you can almost kind of see it. The minute Futurama starts, it's like really the minute where Simpsons kind of starts going down. Um, so I haven't seen Simpsons lately. Uh, when you say lately, do you mean five years, ten like years? Like five years. Okay. Like five years. Like I think I saw an episode uh, like maybe three years ago, which yeah. was okay, but it wasn't as smart and it was just focused so much more on pop culture references and it's almost it's almost like breathlessly referencing pop culture at this mm-hmm. point. It's it's not even because that's investigating where, it anymore. That's I feel like that's where most anime shows are. Anyways, you watch yeah. American Dad, you watch Family yeah. Guy. It's all it's all pop culture references and maybe throwing a little satire in there. But it's just you know you're up against so many shows. I mean, we've talked about this that you know that show was revolutionary because one it was a cartoon in prime time they were saying things you never said in cartoons and a lot of shows didn't say period and they also took they put a lens on the things that we held sacred and Mm -hmm. asked the question why is this sacred why do we do the things we do and ask those questions so you know uh you know the when you say things like it's lost its soul that's pretty common for us to hear. Yeah, it's yeah. common for us to hear. Most, in fact, I think every guest that we've had on has said they don't watch the show anymore. Uh, and the question I have is: so you like you watch you watch a show like The Simpsons, and like as we're watching this, we see that there are episodes that are duds. We see episodes yeah. that are exciting. We see episodes that just don't like hit a mark. I mean, for us, I mean, we're not television critics, but for us, we most of the time we agree when the shows aren't captivating. Also, the shows we've been watching, though, have been in the first two seasons, yeah. and they're still developing. They're still catching their stride in the first two seasons. Yeah, exactly. but, but my question would be is, like, once we get into the quote-unquote golden years, which is defined always differently by a fan, you ask mm-hmm. them sometimes, it's this, like, you watch shows like Saturday Night Live, and we revere the first five years of Saturday Night Live. Right. Like, it could do nothing wrong. You watch those. If you watch every episode of the first five years, there are epi- they're not just sketches that are terrible. There are episodes that oh, are terrible. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So the question I have for Simpsons fans who live in those golden years, and, I, and that's not a, saying that in a pejorative manner, but rather 
those are your years. It's it's an identifi- identification for both like youth for whatever that is. If you watch it now, I'm sure that if you sat and watched the newest season, you'd find stuff you'd like. And I'm not saying that to you, Nick Fear. No. I'm saying that to the fans who, you know, it seems like it's it's almost it's it's cool to write it off. Right. And I'd, I'd agree with that because the, the last time I did watch The Simpsons, there were two, at least two moments every time when I saw an episode where I laughed out loud and it was genuinely funny yeah. and, it, and it brought me back and it still had... It still had the biting satire and the depth of you know, like the depth of comedy um, when it when it made a joke. It's just it, to me, it feels like those moments are fewer and far between, mm-hmm. um, and it might just be because I'm getting older. You know, yeah. it might just be because I'm losing touch with the with the subject matter that they're going for. But you also feel the show's been going for 20 years. My 28 God, 28 years. Yeah, you know, you you've gone through so many different writers, and now you have you actually have writers writing that grew up on The Simpsons yeah. and write. And it's it's almost like it's almost like making a you know making a photocopy. Of an original print, or making a photocopy of a photocopy, yeah. and then trying to try, you know, it just kind of degrades just a little bit because you can almost feel the influence of The Simpsons within The Simpsons writing sometimes, where it's like, oh, these guys are trying to write a Simpsons episode, and and that's where it, there's just a subtle disconnect because it's it's not a lot of the the same people that originally started out oh. doing it. And it's a lot of other really talented, really smart people that, that manage to get the jobs, and they do great because, you know, they know what's expected. But it's just like trying to trying to find another team that gels. So I guess it's safe to say that with The Simpsons in those, the golden year period of, say, Dino Stamatopoulos yeah. and, and Conan O'Brien, you could equate that to the murderer's row. That is what people go, those people reference The Simpsons yeah. so much. Why is it in almost 30 years you haven't been able to find a second wave of writers that have that kind of influence? Because they're output? doing other shows. Yeah. That's why. I, they're, 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 doing, they're doing stuff like Rick and Morty. They, you know, that, that's... Bob's Burgers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bob's Burgers and they're Archer. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. thing. They're doing their own... Because Simpsons has inspired all of these shows. Yeah. And, and you know... The, that's the best answer we've ever gotten on that question. <laughs> that is a great answer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a great answer. that's what it is. It's, it's now because The Simpsons exists... And, and paved that way, mm-hmm. it busted open the door to all these other shows to do what Simpsons did. Okay. And so they're all going to this other place, and there's not a really a need to to be a part of the, the you know this this old institution. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a reference. Think about South Park, even. Right, even South Park. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to avoid referencing South but, Park because of the kind of... But I know so many people who look at South Park and say it's just as good as it ever was. I don't watch the show. It is. But I feel like they get be- they're actually getting better because they're getting they're getting older and angrier. And they so also have a, turn- s- they have a turnaround time of yeah. six days. Right. So they can really make the <laughs> material fresh. Yeah. And I don't want to, I want to talk because I could talk for hours about South Park. Yeah. Um, about how a visitor's guide to South Park. <laughs> I watched the first season. That's it. I don't really watch much. I stay in my room, eat my chocolates, and that's about it. Uh, do you? I have one last question. Do you have anything else you want to ask? Yeah, me? I have. Um, well, the last question I always ask is: if you were put in charge of the show oh, and you had to end the show, end the show? Yeah. How would you end the show? Um, oh, my question is a little different. So you answer Tyler's. Okay, how, how to end The Simpsons? Yeah, yeah, like final episode, series finale, series series finale of all time. Yep, final episode, just like regular day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just, just I completely you, you just, agree with you. It's just, it's just, it's just a regular wacky Simpsons episode. Yep. It's nothing special. At the end, maybe at the pans end, out of the house. At, at the oh my god, that'd be so great. At, yeah. at the, the, the like the last episode, instead of rolling the yellow credits on the black, you just pull out of the house all the way back up into the clouds. Yep. Boom. Done. But it wouldn't be a special episode. It would just be. And a, a standard. House. I love. Oh, I so love that. I would be so angry. I would love that. Be <laughs> <laughs> Sopranos at almost. I was, yeah, almost. You know, yeah. I was just talking to. I was talking to my wife about this. About you know shows that ended, that just either made people angry or made people go what? Yeah. Like the two that I will always remember. I mean, The Sopranos was The Sopranos. In fact, I like the fact that it ended that way because I don't think it owes the audience anything. No. I don't think a show owes an audience anything other than be well written, well developed characters, and other than that. 
The Sopranos gave it to you for six years. That mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. But there were two shows, and I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but there was a show in the 80s from 82 to 88 called St. Elsewhere. Yes. A, you talked about this. And that's infamous. Yeah. 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 The, the, mm-hmm. the, the autistic boy and the, and yeah, the snow old. globe. And right, the, yeah. But then the other one is Bob Newhart. The new about uh, the show New Heart. New Heart, where they go back and it was a dream from his last show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was such a wonderful ending. I think it's different when it's a comedy versus a drama because right. anything is possible. That's why I never understood why people got so angry about the ending of Seinfeld. Because it's like, what were you expecting? What right. were you expecting? Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like with a comedy, it is a situation comedy. It is about the characters. It's yeah. character driven. It's not about plot. Yeah. So why would you wrap things up? I, I think most infamously Roseanne was, was that show was a that, that show was a train wreck exactly the because all of a sudden it all of a sudden got really plotty and everything started being great for them it's like well that's not the show's about yeah. the show's about the show's not about things happening awesome for you yeah. that's not what it's about and then at the end they did this weird thing where it's like Dan is dead. Yeah. The girls didn't marry who they married on the show. They married the other brothers. Yeah. Like, it was just this it weird, was, almost yeah, like, it like, it's like they pulled ideas out of and a And then they, and they tried, because they were trying to fix all the mistakes that they made. Yeah. By her having, like, written a novel or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, hey, who cares? Meh. I don't care. Uh, and, and to me, a show where it's just about characters is, you, you know, you are given the opportunity to window into their crazy lives. Yeah. And yeah. you can identify with them for a while. And then when it's done, it's done. Yeah. Uh, Great answer. Yeah, that was actually... So my question here is, mm-hmm. is it's not... You were given the keys to the castle. What would you do with them? You don't have to end the show, but you're given the keys to the castle. You are now the showrunner of The Simpsons. What would you do with it to maybe, you know, just sort of saying I'd end it? No. I would I would focus back on Springfield. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's what I would do. I would, I would uh, put... Um, I, w- I would almost, I would almost kind of focus it even more on Springfield, and kind of almost put the Simpsons family to rest and kind of move them off to the side, mm-hmm. and make it more about Springfield. Because as the seasons went on, some of the best episodes weren't the Simpsons were only tangentially related. To yeah. Them. yeah. And it's such a fantastic universe, and and that's that's what I would like to see, like more about like these people. Like I would like the, the weird looking the weird looking drinky dude with the hat at the bar and the yeah, vest. And, and the like glasses. what? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. To, who is that guy? Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a name, but I think that's that no name drinky guy. No name drinky Barfly. guy. I think that's his name. Is Barfly. Yeah, and I would I would focus more on the 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 town of Spring. Field and not try to do so much pop culture, immediate pop culture, because yeah. there are so many different shows that do it better. Yeah. And I would I would focus on on more um, uh, generalized uh, yeah, like connections. Auto, auto becomes a roller coaster. Oh, <laughs> to bring back auto, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and then you you, like you work on stories that 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 are about. Us, not about was like, oh, Alec Baldwin's here, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know. I was like, because those are always the weakest episodes. Yeah, and I find like, that they do those more and more and more to get ratings. You know, one thing about The Simpsons I did know is that it used to be a thing where if you were on a Simpsons episode, it's this big hall, like this big special club, and now it seems like if you're on The Simpsons, it's like, oh, I, you're on The Simpsons. I've heard, I've heard, uh, gosh, what's his name from Mad Men? It's one of the main John Ham. No, not I know John, John Slattery. It might have been him. The white-haired guy? The sexy white-haired no, guy? No, 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 It was the guy with the glasses who worked in the office. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I don't, I don't remember the name. What, with the beard, name. or? No. Oh. Uh, clean shape. Uh, mm. I don't remember the actor's name, but anyway, he did an NPR interview, interview, and he said, there's three S's in pop culture, and if you hit all three, you know you've hit a vein in pop culture, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's SNL. Uh, the Simpsons and Sesame Street. The three S's. The three S's. And he said that if you hit, if you've been parodied on all three, then you know uh, you like struck if, something, yeah. you know, important. I think if the day ever came where I had enough power and clout and fame, and they said we want you to be on Sesame Street, I'd probably cry. I'd probably start crying. Like SNL is great, and The Simpsons would be cool, but Sim- for the, Sesame Street for me, I'd start to, I'd probably start to cry. Yeah, that'd be so cool. So, um, so I agree with you with like the special guest episodes because when uh-huh. they do, when they announce that they have a very special guest, yeah. like that's never a great episode. Yeah. I watched one. Uh, I think it was last. I mean, season, well, the old ones were maybe, yeah. Like, the Dustin Hoffman episode is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I watched like I watched an episode last season, and it, it, it they they teased it quite a bit. It had Lena Dunham in it, and who cares? it was just yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you. It was not a good episode. <laughs> oh, oh, let me guess. Right. Let me guess. Let me guess. She was ever. Let me guess. She was. Uh, she was a little girl that Bart befriended somehow. No. Oh, she. Stole Homer away from Marge. So the question I have is: Was Lena Dunham Lena Dunham, or was she a character? She was voice? a character voice. See, by like, like a character voice by Lena by Lena Dunham or whoever. I think that's cool to do that. You should you should do that. But it's when Metallica shows up to Springfield. Oh, there are a couple where actually I kind of <laughs> like those bald face cameos. Yeah. Are can be really funny. Yeah, totally. When they just they. Don't they can't care? Like when Metallica uh, like we got Metallica, <laughs> or, or when um, uh, what was it? REM showed up. Yeah. Or the Smashing Pumpkins, where they just can't care and they just shoehorn them in the episode, yeah. and they're so naked and brazen about how they're just shoehorning these. Or people like in this the one where it's uh, Tony Bennett. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we we didn't even get a chance to talk about the song. Yeah. Tony, uh, Bennett, Tony <laughs> Bennett sang a song for this episode, and it was Tony Bennett. Maybe we could put it in at the end. <laughs> yeah, put it in the end because that's that's one of the first examples. Of of, of like an original song written for The Simpsons as a parody song of a thing. Yeah. And I love that song because it takes me back to the old Rat Pack songs where they would sing these stupid songs about a particular city like yeah. Yeah. Chicago and New York, New York and I just love my heart in San place. Francisco and just, just sucking up to a town. Yeah. <laughs> and I love uh. that Capital City has its song like that. It's just like so basic and boring. Right. Alright, well Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, we were really enjoyed we enjoyed having you over to watch and we enjoyed talking to you this is great i'm yeah. actually going to speak on behalf of tyler on this we really enjoyed it okay mm-hmm. tyler's tyler's making a face yeah. right no, i'm now. glad we got to watch, <laughs> i'm glad we got to watch this episode with someone and yeah. especially someone as big as fan as you are thank yeah. you so if people want to check you out where would they find you um please like variety our happy hour on facebook um yeah, because uh, we're fancy like that. Uh, again, our next show is June 11th. Uh, also, if you like music, we do. Uh, I have a Irish uh, drinking band, party band, that uh, it's called Uncle Fergus Magic Whiskey Band. And what we do is we take uh, pop standards, we make them Irish drinking songs. Oh, yeah. So please like that as well. Um, I think we're probably going to be doing a, uh, a show on May 13th. And we're just going to play, you know. May 13th where? Uh, it's probably going to be at Angelo's, but okay. it might be at BBC. We don't know okay. yet, um, right. depending on who lets us play. <laughs> um, so, but, like, again, we also have a Facebook page for that. Please like us. We will, we will then put out our information via that okay cool. cool and as always you can find us on facebook uh like our page you can send us an email if you'd like at visitors podcast uh a visitors guide podcast that's right visitors, yeah. guide. visitors guide podcast i'm sorry i believe i've said that wrong at gmail.com yes visitors guide podcast at gmail.com check out tumblr uh Springfield Visitors Guide. <laughs> I'm not saying it with you, man. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be pulled into that hell. Uh, <laughs> Visitors Guide at Reddit. You want to get <laughs> at AngelFire.com. I hate black people. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, there we go. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> Reddit's terrible. Let's uh, uh cut that. Sorry, uh, but yeah, you can also. You I'm can, not editing this. <laughs> You can find uh, Tyler and me online. Just Google our names, and we're going to be around. You can find out what we're doing. Uh, big thanks to Attic Stein for the music. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to our, our Joshes for the arts. We got two of them, Josh LN and Josh uh, Sullivan. Thank you. Wow. I just, you can't just let me finish anything today, can you? You were stammering. I was not stammering. I was building drama. Uh, we also I'm like TNT. I know drama. Yeah. <laughs> we also want to thank Milwaukee Comedy. Um, Future Lotus Podcast Network. Yep. And um, we always end by having... And leave us five-star reviews on iTunes. Right. We always end by... Um, the last word. Say someone, Yeah, the last word. So, Nick, today you get the last word. Yeah. The, the last word? Just the last word. Think about it. And... Goofball. That's a good last word. Very good last yeah. Hey, hey. Call him Goof. There it is, Capital City! 
I know called Capital City People stop and scream hello in Capital City It's the kind of place that makes a bum feel like a king And it makes a king feel like some nutty cuckoo super king Look, it's Tony Bennett! Hey, good to see you. It's against the law to frown in Capital City. You'll caper like a stupid clown when you chance to see Fourth Street and the end. Once you get a whiff of it, you'll never want to roam. Capital City, my home sweet, yeah. Capital City, that happy tall city. It's Capital City, my home sweet, swinging home.